Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. As we look at our part in the Master's work, it's important to understand that we can be we can play an active role in this or an inactive role. The Lord would have us play an active role. And so let's start reading at verse number nine in First Corinthians chapter number three. The Bible says, For we are laborers together with God. We can stop Paul's and Park right there and really give testimony after testimony and praise after praise about how rich that verse is. You ever have a boss that doesn't like you? You ever have an employee or an, or a fellow workmate that just didn't like you? We are laborers together with God, and he loves us. Now that'll preach. Won't that just bless your heart to just meditate on that for a few seconds? And then it says, ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. People like to say, well, church, you know, the church isn't a building. It's, no, it isn't, but we are God's building. <laughs> he built us. He made us. We get the word for him. Now look over at Acts chapter 15. Look at verse number four, Acts chapter 15, verse number four. Um, it says, and when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders. That's pretty good. Receiving other brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is the good part. They declared all things that God had done not period, that God had done with them. <laughs> they played an active role in the master's work and they're rejoicing and declaring that to other brothers and sisters in Christ and it's all about what God had done with them. It's fellowship with the Lord. And we get to play an active role in this. This thing isn't, well, we're just going to go out and do our thing. You know, we'll talk about Jesus and we know some doctrine. So we believe that doctrine. So we'll tell other people that doctrine. And that's surface level stuff. We are laborers with the God who created us and saved us. And we get to declare his work, and he's with us. It don't get any better than that. He loves us. And we get to work. We're a nice boss, a loving boss, a caring boss. Our creator, our Lord, our master, our maker, the mighty God, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the balm of Gilead. The Rose of Sharon, the resurrected one, and he loves us. We get to declare 
his work and he's with us. Now, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And I want to read that verse again and go three, three short little rabbit trails from there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 9. For we are laborers together with God. Praise God for that. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Now with that, get Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. I'd like to look at something here in verse number 6. Colossians chapter 2, start reading in verse number 6. As ye therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. That's important. And watch this. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now, remember we read your God's building? Colossians 2 tells us that the rooting and the building up in him is what establishes us. It says established in the faith. As you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. There's some building. Well, there is building involved. We are God's building and we are rooted and built up in him. And if you are rooted and built up in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't fail. You can't. If you and I are rooted and built up in our own accomplishments, in our own abilities, in our own intellect, in our own fill in the blank, it's not in him. That would be in us. That was the problem before we got saved. So why get saved and then go back to wrong thinking? Put your stock in the fact that you are God's building, rooted up and built up in him. So that's the building. And look at Ephesians 2. Go back a couple of books and you'll see Ephesians. You all know this verse. When we get there and read it, you'll know it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 20. And are built upon the foundation. And everybody knows. If you've built anything, the foundation is what is the first thing that is constructed and the most important. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, there's that building again, fitly framed together. There's the framing of a house or whatever you have in your mind. We all know what framing is. Together groweth unto an holy temple, because this isn't a physical temple. This is a holy, this is a spiritual thing in the Lord. Again, where are we? In the Lord. And if we're in Christ, if we're in the Lord, you can put your faith and trust and confidence in that. You want to build it your own way? If I want to build it my own way, well, you'll just end up with the catalyst. Just 
no church, no denomination. We don't believe anything. It's just we got a lot of stuff going. And they do have a lot of stuff going. We'll be Christ. Be in the flesh. So the foundation, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. We talked about this a little bit this morning, but if we magnify the Lord, if our emphasis is Jesus Christ, we can't go wrong. We keep our focus on him and doing our part in the master's work. We're good. First Corinthians six. First Corinthians chapter number six. Verse number 19 starts off with a question. What? No, you're not. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, yes, our body is a physical thing. The Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Ends with a question mark. So you mean to tell me that my body isn't my body? Yep. That's what God's saying. He bought you. If you were to go to the store today and buy something on the shelf, it's not the supermarket's product anymore. It's yours. You bought it. You take it home. It's your stuff. Did the Lord Jesus Christ purchase his church with his own blood? Are you part of the body of Christ? You're not your own. You're bought with Christ. And for you're bought with Christ, therefore, so the question, two questions were asked in verse number 19. And verse 20 tells us, therefore, if your body is not your own, which is not, Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We need to be careful that we don't get patriotic about our Christianity. I'm an American. I'm free. I'll do what I want. Yeah, we do have freedom here, and I'm thankful for it. So are you. But we're really not, we are free to do what we want. But if God purchased his church with his own blood, as which we are a body of, we now are free from sin. And we're free now to serve the Lord. After all, we're not our own anymore. So we live for somebody else. Now we can play an active part in that or an inactive part in that. God's not going to make you. And I know we're all trapped in this body of flesh. And I know it's a struggle, just like you know it's a struggle. But nonetheless, this is not our building anymore. It's not. We got to get over this fact that, well, I have my rights and I have my freedoms and I have my liberties. And we do. And I know and I'm with you. Believe me. But to bring this into a biblical perspective. You're telling me if we lost all our freedom here in America that somehow the Lord can't use us? No, we're still his. We are still his. No matter what happens to us down here, he owns us because he bought church with his own blood. 
So that's the introduction to really get us all on the same page or just by way of reminder to say that we get to play an active part and our body, it, it, it's, it's God. Let's use it for a service. So now let's go over to 2 Timothy. Let's go to 2 Timothy. And let's get the second chapter. And also get John chapter number 11. Well, we can move right over to John when we are ready, but let's get 2 Timothy 2. We'll do that first. And then John 11. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. For the master's use, that's what we want to be. Used by the master. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. That's what I want to be. Sanctified. That's what I want to be. And meet for the master's use. That's what I want to be. And prepared unto every good work. Is that what you want to be? That's what I want to be. For the master's work. Not for our work. We're not trying to become a self-made fill-in-the-blank. We see all of this. Movie stars. Famous athletes. And just fill-in-the-blank on American Idol this and music idol that. And this is for the Lord of glory. And... You want to be meat unto every good work? I do. We talked about that. A vessel unto honor, sanctified, meat for the master's use. If you and I want to be meat for the master's use, then here's what we need to do. Verse 22. Play also youthful lust. Follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And then it goes on. The foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes and serve the Lord must not strive. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, meek, destruct those who oppose themselves. God prevents, will give them repentance, speak knowledge, truth. They may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. There's a lot there, but he says, don't do this and do that. So many times, well, I want to be used by the Lord. Okay, great. What are you doing? Well, I'm struggling here, I'm struggling here, I'm struggling here. Why are you struggling here? Because of this, this, and this. Okay, well, quit doing that dumb stuff. Okay. <laughs> Avoid the foolish and unlearned questions. Forget about those youthful lusts. Here's what you got to do. Follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and all the stuff that we went about, read about. Is it easier to teach and preach and understand than it is to live? Probably at times. But if we want to be meat for the master's use, we want to be fit to be employed by him. Because it's him that we are promoting. Anybody ever have a gym membership where you want to get in shape? You're trying to get prepared for the meat. You're trying to get prepared for the whatever. Why don't we take that same thinking and that same mindset when it comes to working for the Lord and get ourselves some spiritual exercise and some spiritual strength through I don't know, praying, <laughs> meditating on the things of God, 
fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters in Christ, putting on some things and putting off some things. John 11. Well, isn't God going to do it all? Well, let's find out. John chapter 11, verse number 41. John eleven forty one. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hast heard me always. But, pe but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried out with a, with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. There are some parts in the Bible that you read and you're like, I wonder, I wish I was there. That's one of these parts. And he that was dead came forth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Bound hand and foot with grave cloths and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, that was the people, loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Who took away the stone? They did. Who loosed Lazarus? They did. They played a part in the master's work. But they couldn't raise anybody from the dead. When farming for Jesus, you can pray, you can weep, but you can't raise anybody from the dead. You need the Holy Spirit of God to do that. And when we read John chapter 11, the Lord himself is standing there and he says, move the stone. And then Lazarus comes from the dead. And after he's alive, he says, now I'm loosened. If Jesus can rise somebody from the dead, do you think he can just as easily move the stone and unloose the It's the easier of the. But he allows people to play a part in the master's work. Now, that's a great God. That's a great God. One of the things I loved about my dad is that he'd get us involved. Whether it was throwing a ball or swinging a ball bat or, 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 or doing anything out in the yard, he let us get involved. He had us working at a young age, and he would let us do stuff and make mistakes, and he'd cover our tracks. And, and that's a great picture of allowing others to get involved that really don't know what they're doing. We don't have it all figured out. And God says, you people have no idea what you're doing. But I'll make you, I'll make you meet for my use. And he allows us to play a part. Praise God. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Get back there and let's get Mark 4 this time. All right, 1 Corinthians Chapter number three and Mark four.
First Corinthians chapter three. Let's back it up a little bit. Verse number five. Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? Ministers by whom he believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Watch this. I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything. Neither is he that watereth. But God that giveth the increase. People go out and they say, yeah, I had I had this many saved. Or I had, no you didn't. I know what you mean. And I'm not saying that everybody that says that means that they were the ones that brought them to life. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that sometimes we make statements that really aren't biblical. And we're not meaning them to be unbiblical. It just comes out of our mouth. You know, I've done that, and I'm sure that we all have. God is the one who gives the increase. And it's a tough verse. Read it without Paul and Apollos in the picture. Read it with you and I in the picture. So that I that planteth am nothing. <laughs> Me that watereth, I'm nothing. Do you see yourself like that before God? Because the minute we get on our little, little footstool of pride, oh boy, we're back to the same problem that Lucifer had. I will ascend. We're going to get a little higher and higher and higher. And God says, look, I'm going to let you guys play a part. It's my work. I'm the master. Be glad to have you. Glad to hear your ideas and your input. But let me guide and direct. <laughs> and that's the Lord of glory. And I'm thankful we can serve him. Because each and every one of us would probably just mess it up. Amen. Now watch this. He that planteth, verse 8, he that watereth are one. Don't brag that the door you knocked on, the person got saved. You may not know who planted before you came along and watered. There were many, many, many waterers in my life. Thank God for the planter. And the planter's thanking God for the water. We're one. Whether you are a planter or whether you are a waterer, we are all one in the same body of Christ with the same gospel message and the same glory going to the one true and living God. Uh, one more thing here. And every man shall receive his own reward. Now there's a splitting off. According to his own labor. We compete in the world. We accomplish things in the world to get a prize or an accolade or. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's what we do. Here, yes, we have a reward. But we're going to lay that reward right at the feet of Jesus Christ. <laughs> we're going to put our trophies on a shelf on our house. We're going to put our certificates in a frame and hang on the wall. We're going to put our ribbons and take pictures and put them on Facebook so everybody can see how great our kids are. And how great we are and all the, and all the medals that we've won. And God says, look, 
your labor and your own reward. You've got your own reward coming. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to be so thankful. We're going to lay it right at the feet of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord. That's how great it is to serve. Him. You can get a glimpse of that. A small glimpse of that in sports when you and we've seen this at some of these tournaments we run where there's a kid that's clearly outclassed. And the boy that outclassed him shows him some grace and lets him take the win, lets him step up on the podium and, and take the take the award. You can see just a small glimpse of that, but it's nothing compared to being able to just lay what the Lord has given us in, in, in an expression of gratitude and thankfulness and worship. We should all be striving for that rather than striving just for worldly accolades. Mark 4. Move along here. Mark chapter 4. Let's start reading verse 14. The Bible says, The sower soweth the word. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on the stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure. But for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. Cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. The sower, God's laborers, that's us. We are to sow seed. But when you and I are farming for Jesus, we can sow seed, but we can't place it in the right ground. The Holy Spirit of God does that. When we farm for the Lord, we can fertilize the seed, but only he, the Holy Spirit, can make it grow. You and I can sow seed, but we can't produce fruit. The Holy Spirit of God will produce the fruit. All of that is done by our great Savior. We get to play a part in that. And it's great when we get to play a part as a sower underneath the great sower and the master sower. So that's how we play a part there. 2 Corinthians 5. Get that. 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, are you in Christ? You are say amen. 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 He is a new creature. You excited about that? I am. Old things are passed away. Behold, some things are become new. Except that would be a error. Because it says, oh. We can't be compartmentalized Christians. I'm going to just save some things over here and act like the Lord doesn't know that they're over here. <laughs> he knows. 
Now, you might deceive some people. I might deceive some people. Not going to fool the Lord. All things have become new. And all things are of God, those new things, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world under himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. We saw that twice in two verses. Now then, since we know we're supposed to be reconcilers unto God, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's seed, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Reconciliation. As ambassadors for Christ, we get to play a part in that work. We are ambassadors for him. When farming for Jesus, you and I can go out as ambassadors. But unless the Holy Spirit of God comes with us, we can do nothing. We better sanctify the Lord in our heart first before we just go on the fuel of the flesh fuel the flesh and before you know it we are so far deep and talking about and arguing about stuff that don't matter we just botched the whole witness opportunity let's be careful where is our power stay in first corinthians get chapter one and go back to romans chapter one We'll do Romans 1 first, and then we'll come back to 2 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I hope you young ones are taking notes. It's going to be a test. Yeah. You didn't know that. All right. Where is our power? Romans chapter number 1. Verse 15, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To the ones that God foreordained before the foundation of the world to be saved. Except it doesn't say that. It says to everyone that believe it. So who do we preach the gospel to? Everyone. God didn't predetermine some to go to hell and some to go to heaven. Man chooses to reject God and he'll end up there. But God says this goes out to everyone. God initiates, man responds to God's initiation, and if they believe, it doesn't matter if they're a Jew or a Greek. I got off on a little sidetrack. The main point of us reading the verse for this evening, I, I didn't, sometimes you say stuff and you, you open up a can, then you got to qualify a bunch of stuff, but I'm not ready to do that tonight for the sake of time, but I am ready to get back on track on this verse. 
You know what was mentioned twice? Ready to preach the gospel and not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because that's the power of God. That's where the power lies. Not in getting somebody to vote conservative. The power of the gospel isn't getting someone to agree that creationism is true and evolution is false. There are many creationists that haven't trusted Jesus Christ as their savior. I believe in creationism. Do you? I mean, we all believe that. And that's important. And we can talk about that. But you better be careful. And I better be careful. We don't take these rabbit trails that don't have power. The power is in the gospel. And we cannot lose focus on that. I'm not for knowing other stuff. You know, if you've been here any length of time, I try to cover as much as we can. But the gospel is where the power is. First Corinthians chapter number one. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved. It is the power. Young people, the power is in the gospel. You're saved. Get that power out to somebody else. People talk about peer pressure. Be the pressure. And bring the power of God to salvation. Get with a kid at lunch. Get with a kid at the park. Get with somebody and you be the pressure. Talk to them about the power of God. That's where it lies. In the gospel. It goes for all of us. We can really. 2 Corinthians 10 says. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Look at that guys. Weapons. We got warfare. We got pulling down. We got strongholds. Yeah, let's go after it. Let's lift some weights and bring our guns and bring our swords and bring our axes and bring our power and bring our horses and bring our. Oh, except the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. There is power in the gospel. We start thinking we've got the power then we. Have lost. Finally. There's power in the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians chapter number one. First Thessalonians chapter number one. Verse number five. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in, in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as you know, what manner of men we were among you for your sake. There's not only power in the gospel, that there's but there's also power in the Holy Spirit. Get John chapter 16. We'll run three verses and then we will be done. Four verses. We'll be done. John chapter 16. Stay with me. I'd like you to get this last thought on the power in the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse number seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. And of righteousness. And of judgment. 
when farming for Jesus, you can bring the gospel, you can preach the gospel, but you can't reprove and you can't convict of sin. The Holy Spirit of God will do that in someone's life. We need to preach against sin. We need to stand against sin. We need to let people know that their problem before God is that they are a sinner. But this idea that we are going to convict them, we are not. The power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit of God will do the convicting. And we have got to be in tune to that and plugged into that. But we're going to do it all on our own fuel. John 12. And I, if uh, verse 32, John 12, 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw some men? No. Will draw the men that I predetermined? No. Will draw all men. I don't care if you go to the Greek, the Hebrew. I don't care what concordance you use or don't use. You're not going to change all to not mean all. <laughs> you, you can try to make it say whatever you want to say to have it fit into some systematic theology or to some theological expression that nobody really understands but you. <laughs> Simple people should be able to understand all men means all men. Who does the drawing? The Holy Spirit. Who did he say he would draw? All men. Who did he say he would draw all those men to? Himself. So you know what our job is? To lift them up. And if you want to farm for the Lord, you can lift up Jesus Christ all you want. But you and I cannot draw anybody to him. That is left for the Holy Spirit. So you know what we go out and do? We lift up Jesus Christ. We lift up Jesus Christ. We lift up Jesus Christ. And we keep lifting him up. The power of the Holy Spirit will draw all men toward him. Then they have to make a decision whether they want to receive the truth or not receive the truth. John 3, you know this. John chapter number 3. Verse number 5. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. The spiritual birth is only performed by God and God's Holy Spirit, not by you and I. When farming for Jesus, you can invite the sinner. You can come to Jesus now. Would you like to trust Jesus Christ now after they've heard the gospel and all, and all that? You've had the discussion with them? Invite them. But you and I cannot impart the new birth. The Holy Spirit will do that, not us. You see how if we stay in our lane, it works. When we come out of our lane, then the next thing you have is gospel shenanigans. These will repeat after me. Uh, you, you talk people into getting, you talk people into doing something that they never wanted to do. You go to a fair, you hand out 
uh, a thousand tracks and you get people to play a game and then you have a little conversation with them and you declare them saved and all these little cards go out and you got hundreds of them yet none of them end up in church and you come up with all of these gospel shenanigans because we got out of our lane and we tried to play the part of the Holy Spirit. Well, now we're going to enter into the emotional appeal. And I'm going to get everybody worked up emotionally. And I'm going to say, okay, run up to the altar. and we got to be careful of that stuff. If I get out of my lane, you get out of your lane. Now we're trying to play the part of the Holy Spirit. And it's not going to work. I'm not trying to be too critical. I'm just trying to say we got to be careful. I do the fairs and we do the fairs. and we. I'm not trying to be negative. It's just trying to make us all get on the same page that Holy Spirit of God has to come with us or nothing happens. <clears throat> Last verse. And then I'm done. First Corinthians 6. First Corinthians 6. We'll answer one question. Verse number 19. First Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. From this verse, where does the Holy Spirit of God reside? Holy Ghost, which is in you. Don't play the part of the Holy Spirit. Because when you go, you've got the power of the Holy Spirit within. Stay in your lane. But the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, resides in you. Revelation 22, and the Spirit of the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that athirsteth come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. That's the gospel. Come. The thirsty, come. Come. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.